Welcome to Civic Discourse, a podcast all about civics and political free government conversation. I am Jake Bailey, and I will be hosting these conversations, and with me is my dad, Chad Bailey. He has spent the last 30 years of his life teaching government and history. What we hope for this to be is an informative, educational, and enlightening conversation. There is an ignorance in today's society about civics and government that has been swallowed up by the party politics of today. There has become a left or a right, a conservative or a liberal, and a Republican or a Democrat. We hope to strip out the bowl of party politics and have a genuine conversation about civics. So let's get started. Today we are going to start our conversation about the Constitution, beginning in Article 1. But before that, there are five key purposes of the Constitution and why it is written like it is. So, Dad, can you give us those? Uh, in the preamble of the Constitution, it talks about, um, you know, outlining what the what is expected of of not only our government, but uh, of we the people um, to form a more perfect union, um, which should be pretty self-explanatory, uh, establish justice, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of our liberty. So that in lining, in lining those up, um, the founders put those purposes together, why we, why we need to have a government. Um, and they mean the same thing they always have. But um, as we get into, you know, this, this discussion on civics, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the civics, not playing the political game there. And we've, we have us in our society have turned to twisting that into everything's got to be politically based and, uh, I think um, the founders wanted to avoid that at all cost. And for the large part um, of our society, we've been able to do that. There's always been politics, but um, I just see, I just would love to see more of it turn to the civics and a simple understanding of what the founders wanted was uh, some compromise with one another. Um, you can agree to disagree and still be able to run a government like the United States uh, and be very successful for a long time. But we're kind of doing everything we can to avoid that right now. So, right, right. Yeah. Well, and uh, with that, they're coming off of a monarchy, which was one person giving all the, making all the laws, all the rules. So they had this built in that it was going to be multiple people contributing in multiple ways they um, yeah and as much as we copied we wanted to get away from the monarchy but we end up copying a lot of the british traditions which we'll talk about when we talk about that the house and the senate later on um we just changed the names and i'm really grateful they didn't go with the parliamentary form where they have the executive and legislative together, because I think that would have set us up. <clears throat> imagine, imagine the legislative branch today wanting to call for elections and it, it's the minority. 
that could have some say in that. We'd have elections constantly in this country, uh, unlike some others countries that have, have been able to work that out. But you're going to start. I think you're going to start seeing a trend uh, in what's headed that way in some of the parliamentary form of governments. But but I digress here. So I get back on track uh, with the founders. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so the five key purposes of the Constitution were really just provide legitimacy of the government's right to rule, establish the structure of government, distribute power, set the limits to the power of the government, and then allow for change while maintaining the rigidity of the basic structure. Um, so those are those are the, the five things to kind of, you know, keep in the back of your mind as we're looking through this, you know, especially this first article really um, is what, what sets the legitimacy of the government's right to rule. It's the legislative branch. They make all the laws. Um, and so from that, let's jump right into it. Okay. So, uh, so article one, yeah. art, article one, section one, um, lay the groundwork for this. What's its role and did function? All that stuff. That, that all, all the legislative powers, every single legislative power is granted to Congress and the breakup of that is that it's it's a two house system, and that comes from that Connecticut Compromise that we talked about previously. Roger Sherman yeah. pushed for the Connecticut Compromise, yep. not to make everybody happy, but to work a little bit. The house is based on population, therefore, every ten years we do a census for two reasons: number one, to determine House of Representatives the population, how that's going to be split up in the now 435 districts in our country. And just as important, basing, basing that population on income tax and taxation and the distribution of, of tax dollars coming uh, from the federal government. And then, of course, the Senate, based on equal, rep equal representation, and that's where we, you know, I don't want to get into the argument of, okay, how can uh, Wyoming with 490,000 people have two U.S. senators in California with the population of, what, 55 million, whatever, um, have the same two representatives? Well, it's called compromise. But here we are in 2020, 2021. And you're starting to see, see a lot of feedback around the country. And it's, again, going back to politics. Um, the founders didn't get everything perfect, but they got this one right. Was, you know, base, basing the House on population and the Senate on equal representation, which will favor the House, will favor the large populated states. The Senate is equal. But then <laughs> you have people in the Senate that think, you know, I don't want to go down this. We're not going to throw names out, but we do have members that think that because they're from a certain state that they should have more representatives. And I'm like, no, that's that's where you're getting into politics. Go back to the original, the original const the Constitution. And I wish they would have just said, you know. We're going to try to throw out politics, but then it would, the system would have broke down immediately. And, and 
it's discouraging to a lot of people right now. It's, it's really hard um, as I wrap up my teaching career here this year, really hard to bite my tongue on so many things in the classroom in dealing with politics. I made a comment the other day and I sound like a broken record now in the last couple of years. I hate politics. It, it, it's the, the word, it, it just, it's disgusting. So let's get civics put back in. And if you, if you pay attention to what's going on in this country, um, they're trying to get rid of all civics in the education system. The public education system, let's do away with civics because it, you know, this is how you should think. And we're trying to rewrite history at the same time. But that's why I love studying this Constitution. And Article 1, Section 1 lays it out. Here we go. We're going to have a House of Representatives. We're going to have a Senate. All the legislative powers, which we'll get into, uh, I don't know if we'll get there on this this episode, but probably one or two episodes from now uh, in section. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be getting we'll definitely be getting to, getting to it later. Yeah, sure. yeah. In yeah. section eight, that outlines everything, and and we need to we need <laughs> to hold hold the people accountable to it. Yeah, well, that section eight might be like five episode by itself it's so dense oh yeah well just just yeah. the first just the first uh uh power that that we talk about might take a week to get through so yeah. that is true that is true yeah so section one basically establishes the power to make laws with the legislative branch which we know uh we're, we're three three branches of government purpose of that is for checks and balances um, what that looks like, um, the legislative branch makes the laws, but that's checked by the executive branch, which can veto it, um, and the judicial branch, which now we know is judicial review. Initially, it wasn't called judicial right. review, um, the, but the concept still existed. Um, then we go to the executive branch, which enforces the laws, and they appoint judges to the judicial branch. Um, they're the ones that have the veto power over legislation, which is how that checks the legislation. Um, the legislative branch checks the executive branch by um, going through and confirming or rejecting the appointments of the judges and even, you know, the, the executive, the secretaries of departments in the executive branch. And then the judicial branch interprets the law they, they read what the legislate what, what legislation is coming through and they say yeah this matches up constitutionally this or this doesn't match up constitutionally it cannot be a law and even if the law is still on the books and has not been officially uh taken off the books legislatively it cannot be enforced if it is viewed unconstitutional and that that we'll get back to it um, or we'll come back to it plenty but the, the 1805 opinion of Barbary versus Madison is where the power of the judicial branch really came into effect and took hold um, in what we know as judicial review. And, and I want to throw this in because uh, <clears throat> I, have, I have a lot of questions from when I cover this material in school. Why, why, is, it, why is it that the Senate is the only branch or the only part of Congress uh, that approves appointments and approves treaties. 
And I said, that's because it's the upper house based on equal representation. Um, and it's amazing when I watch and pay attention to some media reports in today's society where they say it's both houses of Congress that do that. No, it's not. It's the Senate. And I want to make that clear uh, to people that are listening to this. There is still misleading information out there. And if you want to know the truth, you study the Constitution. You don't just listen to just any anybody reporting things. The Constitution makes it clear. The Senate approves appointments and the Senate approves treaties. Correct. Well, and, and they make up for it uh, because uh, the House of Representatives, if I'm remembering correctly, they're in charge of all of the taxation for the purposes of uh, building up national wealth legislation. So the Senate cannot bring about a law dealing with taxation the, purposes or for the purpose of profit. Right. The, right? The all, and all tax bills, all taxes, every revenue making bill originates in the House. So it's. Yeah. So. That's one way that they kind of came up right. with this balance is, yeah, Congress uh, is set up in this bicameral system. So the senators have the power to confirm or mm -hmm. reject these nominations. The House does not. But the House has the sole ability, power to make uh, the revenue bills um, that then go to the Senate and are voted on to right. become law. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, so there you, you you get another instance of of this whole uh, let's compromise. Yeah, how are we going to how are we going to how can we make sure we're going to make it fair and, and not not equal, but how are we going to balance out so that one group doesn't have more power over the other? Senate. Yeah. I mean, the Senate being the upper house, really the only thing that they have over the house is they're not up for re-election. They have three terms of Congress. And, and when I say that, people are saying, how can you serve three yeah. terms? Well, a term of Congress is two years, which we'll get into later. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. Every two years, that's it's, you know, the I, I don't know what number we're on. We're, we're really up there, but it's it's, you know, 100 and like 60th con Congress. Or uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. And uh, yeah, I'll get back yeah. to you. Uh, either either way. The point is, is every two years is considered a term. So that's why every two years uh, you have a, a one number higher of Congress. And, you know, this is the 160th Congress 2023. Well, January of 2023, after the 2022 elections, that'll be the 161st Congress. Uh, numbers are not accurate. That's just to use an example. Yeah, it's like it's like the 117th so, yeah. Congress, I believe. Yeah, 117th. Uh, Congress since 1789 to uh, to 2021. So anyway, wow. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So section one just established the power of legislation with the House of Representatives and the Senate. Uh, section two, House. Yeah. Then, Dad. Yeah, that's when they come out and said, "Okay, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to base the House of Representatives on population." And then also they put in there before any kind of taxation. Originally, the only tax that existed was the uh, 
import tax. Well, they didn't call it import tax or um, they called them custom duties. Same thing. Uh, and all that is passed on to we the people. And then when they come up with the direct tax, direct tax would be your income tax, uh, capital gains, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and it, they base that on population as well. So your your income tax, I mean, why do, you, why do you people think this? Number one, you have to put what state you live in, what county you live in, what school district you live in, so on and so forth. Um, and then that, that's, they look at that and say, okay, you're, you're, uh, you know, here we are in Nebraska. Our taxes are obviously for, for income tax are going to be different than in Los Angeles, California, in Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas. Uh, not so much Cheyenne, Wyoming, but it'll be a lot cheaper there. But, but it, it's based on that because yeah. then you're, you're looking at the population, okay? If you live in a densely populated area, it's gonna, you're gonna need more government programs. Um, and the founders didn't know what kind of, what way that would go, but they put that put in place. And then they put it as, okay, let's have a two year term. And back then, um, you know, the, the districts weren't limited. It just kept growing and growing. It wasn't until 1929 interesting how uh, some of these bills are passed right when we're in the start of a, de a great depression but we limit the number of people in the house at 435 that is not in the constitution which is another one of those things that's misunderstood that's nowhere in the constitution does it say the number 435 that is a legislative act the reinforcement act of 1929 to establish uh based on population, uh, 435 districts across the United States, that could change. And Nebraska has had three representatives for quite some time. At one point, we were up to, to seven. We were down to five, then now we're at three. I'm shocked that we're going to make it through 2020, the decade, with three reps in the House. I figured we would lose one of our uh, three, one of the three districts, but... Uh, that could, I guess that could still change because you never know. I mean, uh, who knows what's going to take place? Yeah. Well, with right with last year, yeah. So, well, let's 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 kind of diverge here for a second and talk about this. So, we got the uh, the Re Reproportionment Act of 1929. So, if they wanted to redo that, what are the steps that they'd have to take? Would they have to repeal the law and no. slide something in, or could could they just write a new law that's that's more modern and they both sit on the books, but because you, the more recent one is is the one that they use, or you'd have to that, they'd have to like? to redirect it. Uh, they wouldn't have to repeal it. They just have a new piece of legislation. Let's say it's reapportionment act of uh, twenty twenty one, and let's go with. I know. I gosh. I hope they don't do this. I I should have called the members of Congress that know us very well and listen to this podcast that they would put more people in, in Congress. But um, you look at the, the, the sheer numbers uh, of one representative per every seven, eight, 900,000 people. And I, I think, I think right now it's, it's six. Yeah, pretty close. Right. But then you go back and say, okay, if that's the case, 
Wyoming doesn't even have a half million people. And and Calif- people in California are, are representing right. over 750, almost 800,000 a person. And I'm not saying California needs more, but they're going to gain more. There's no doubt about it. Um, and again, Nebraska, we're hovering less than 1.8 million. Um, but if you take Omaha Lincoln out of the mix, we, we're probably Wyoming. You know, as far as size, it's, oh, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. So they would, you know, it's not in the Constitution. What is in the Constitution is you're going to base that on population. And you're, you're mm-hmm. so, it, again, brilliant founders that we've talked about already. Uh, they didn't put in one representative per X number of people because the they couldn't have done that. There's no way the country... They didn't know what it was going. I mean, they probably. Well, so in in the Constitution, actually, they do say thirty thousand equals one representative. But we know that which the last the last key purpose of the Constitution was to make it so that it right. could be changed. You know, we got we you know, laws can come in and say, look, in seventeen eighty nine when this was ratified, mm-hmm. thirty thousand worked. Two thousand twenty. 2021 that's not going to work because i mean in a it, new york alone has like a million or 100 million people something insane that's obviously not right but it's got a ton of people there and so 30 30,000 is going to equate to a ton of representatives from one state just, yeah. and that's going to make it so disproportional that, that congress would become almost thinking that's that's like like looking yeah. at a minimum, um, a minimum of you have to have X number of people to have a back in the day to have a state uh, to, to even apply for statehood. Um, and I don't you know, I don't think that a lot of states were even at 30,000 when they got, became a state back then. But, um, yeah, we're, we're running into this situation of, OK, where where do you where do you pump the brakes and put the. uh, uh Put the limits on everything, and 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 also, yeah. I, I want to throw this out. Also, in in section two, um, it it does talk about the the dreaded articles of impeachment can be issued by the House of Representatives. They have the sole power to indict high ranking government officials. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, and. Before that, they do have the guidelines for becoming. Oh yeah, a qualifications. Representative, and you have you have to be 20, 25 years of age, citizen of the U.S. for seven or more years, and right. resident of the state in which you serve. Um, they when when there's vacancies, the the governors of right. the states um, give a, a writ of election is what it's called. It's essentially just saying there's going to be a new election. Uh, whoever is in this election is going to yeah, and and to finish up that term, um, and then they've got to rerun again. Yes, yes, yep, yep. Um, and then, like you said, it's mm-hmm. the sole owner of the power of impeachment, which I'm sure we're all experts on impeachment now. But it's essentially just saying what? we have evidence that something could be wrong. We are going to draft these articles if they pass. We will turn the articles over to the Senate and the Senate, which we'll get to in the next section. Yeah. High crimes. Try that. Yeah. High crimes and misdemeanors. And uh, 
people constantly ask me, well, what could, what could that be? And I'm like, well, now it could be anything. I mean, you could throw anything out there. It's, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a vague description that, and I think that, I think that's how they wanted it is it was one of those things where it's like, look, we know mm-hmm. what is illegal now and what could become illegal. So let's not box ourselves in here, which is just really great drafting to begin with. But um, they do a really good job of making sure that, yeah. you know, here's another example of the, the House Representatives brings up the art, articles of impeachment or as we would know it in, you know, in a court right. of law, it would be an indictment and they would be tried. Um, and the Senate actually becomes yeah. the jury of the trial. Um, so segue into this into Section three, which is the Senate. OK, um, so you have the Senate, obviously, based on equal representation two two senators per state. Um, qualifications are a little bit more uh, restrictive, age 30. And again, go back to the House being 25, the Senate being 30. Why that age? Well, that was beyond middle aged for 19 or 1789. And people said, well, why don't we change that? Try to change the Constitution by getting three fourths of states to agree on anything. It's very difficult. So age 30, which I mean, if that's middle aged, I'm I'm toast. I'm 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 yeah, I'm over the river and through the woods. But. Uh, and then nine years as a citizen of the United States, people are like, what is that? Wait, give me an example. And, and, you know, it doesn't say natural born citizen. Somebody could move into this country at age 20. Nope. Ten years later, if, if living in the state of Nebraska, doesn't matter where they were born. They could be a U.S. senator. Um, obviously, it takes more than that. You know, the informal or the, uh, the, you know, non, non mentioned, but, and then you have to be obviously from the state that you're going to represent. So what's that, what's that require? Well, every state differs on their state, on the state eligibility. Uh, Some places you, all you have to do is have a physical address or a post office mailbox and you could be, Oh yeah, I I could run for us Senate from South Dakota. Um, which I'm not going to do. I think I would win. I mean, naturally, I would win. But um, but but uh, it, it just lists out the the bare you know requirements, and then a six year term, as we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, six year term. You're serving three terms of Congress. Uh, Congress is is uh, two uh, one year sessions in a term. Uh, what does that mean? It's just keeping track. Right yeah. now, I, I believe. We're in the 117th first session. Next year will be the 117th second session. So when you go back and look at legislation, okay, in the 115th or 116th first or second session, this piece of legislation was proposed. Um, it was it was passed. It was signed into law. Um, those types of things. Um, in and, go, and I probably yeah. messed up too. Going, going back to the house real quick. Uh, the, the, the presiding officer in the house is the speaker of the house presiding officer in the. Yes. Yep. And, and what, what, what's not included is. Yes. We now have today is minority leaders and then majority no. whip and minority whip. Those aren't included. And that, in yeah. That's, Those that's political party. Yeah. What, yeah. what, and yeah. And it, in yeah. the constitution, the we, body elects their leadership. 
they can set it up however they want it to be, but the Speaker of the House. Yeah, that's the presiding officer means this. Uh, And when we we go down the road again, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's why you have the president and the vice president that are elected together. The vice president is the president of the Senate. And most of the time, a vice president is mm -hmm. rarely there. So you have what is called president pro tempore of the Senate, which is the longest serving majority leader, a majority party uh, member. Uh, And Patrick Leahy, who over who who headed up or oversaw the impeachment trial, Mm -hmm. because because Chief Justice Roberts, second impeachment of Trump. I I don't know why. You know what the bottom line is? Didn't want to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. We and we can get into that uh, here in a couple couple lines farther down. But yeah, so like. President Pro Tempore yeah. serves as president of the Senate in any instance in which the VP cannot. No. The VP, um, yeah, the VP is not an elected senator, so therefore they can only vote to break a tie, which you've already seen with Vice President right. Harris. Um, with, with, with the Senate being 50-50, you know, okay, she's going to be in there. Only takes one uh, uh, Democrat right now to cross the, the political party line and the whole the whole law goes up in smoke. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's why. So I you'll you'll hear a lot about, yeah. about Mansion uh, from West Virginia being the most powerful senator, yeah. and that's because he is. He's he's more of a centrist, a true moderate in terms of where he falls in the what we'd call the political spectrum. So he's the one oh. that's most likely to move. And I think you're going to start. You're still going to start seeing some of that. Uh, um, and a lot of people thought it would happen very recently with the passage of this uh, 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus. Uh, he that maybe he was going to cross the party line. He didn't, um, and 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 that's why you know people are oh we're getting all this money, but we uh, we we've, we're creating a bigger problem, which will go will be way down the line. Uh, because I want to stay out of politics, <laughs> but uh, and then of course we we right. talked about um, yeah. a six year term, upper house, uh, equal representation, um, being able to once again be able to approve all appointments and all treaties, and then they, the Senate will conduct the actual trial for all federal impeachments. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, before we jump into the impeachment talk. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. One third is rotating of the elections every two years. Uh, so what happens if there's a vacancy? Um, the person coming in doesn't serve six right. years and then jump into whatever the next party, ne- the next election would be, mm-hmm. group, group of senators in a, uh, up for election. They would stay with the regular one. So let's say two years in, uh, senator decides... He, you know, resigns immediately because, well, realistically, he probably had some sort of political scandal. Um, person who comes in, which in the Senate, I correct me if I'm wrong. That was yeah. actually appointed yep. by the governor. Is that correct? Of the state they were going to represent. Yep. Of, yep. of the st- of the state in which they were residing. So they don't have to go through an election to be. It's not an election that's going to fill their their vacant seat. 
it's a governor appointment, which you've seen a couple with, with Gover- California, yes. with Harris, mm-hmm. um, with Barack Obama in 2008 and Joe Biden in 2008. Was and and people's, people said, why did Georgia have two senators? They had a special election. It was a special election. It was not uh, right. Not not there to you know the the like you said the uh, the Senate is a continual body. Two thirds is always going to stay intact. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I tell every kid that that every student that I that I have in in government class, we could get a whole new House of Representatives every two years. That's not going to happen. But but you know a lot of them could change, and I'm not saying a majority of them could but um you're starting to see people lining up already saying ah this is it i'm gone and the the same in the senate but the most you would have is 34 changes for election process um and then yes there's always going to be a third up for election every two years and how do you break that up 34 33 33 that is 100 All right, so let's jump to the impeachment real quick uh, before we wrap up this episode. Um, you mentioned it real briefly about, you know, Leahy presided over President Trump, Trump's most recent impeachment. And I think the Chief Justice has been an institutionalist. Chief Justice Roberts uh, has been an institutionalist his entire time that he's been holding the office of the Chief Justice. And so... There is nothing that a justice of the Supreme Court hates more than being connected to Me something twice. political. <laughs> and the fact that, right, right. And the fact that Chief Justice didn't preside over the second election of Trump, he, he used this clause that he read specifically that in the instance of president being tried, he said, well, the time that the trial comes up, he's not the current president because it was after uh, right. Uh, Biden was inaugurated. So President Trump becomes former President Trump. And he is and now you a, can't impeach a, a citizen. citizen of the United States. <laughs> so he said, he said, right. So mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm going to adopt this. Right. I'm going to use this clause and say I'm not going to preside over it because he's not president. And obviously that that set up the whole argument of, well, is this constitutional or not? And we can... Eventually, we it's not really written in the Constitution, but we probably will have this conversation of when the articles are drafted. Is that is that mm-hmm. dependent on where the person you know, is, where the person is when the articles are drafted, or is it when the trial starts? I don't know. Constitution doesn't really lay that lay that out. Um, but impeachment is not a conviction right. in a in the criminal sense. If you're convicted of impeachment, you are removed from office and is qualified to hold office under the United States of America. You are still potentially could be indicted on criminal criminal charges uh, by the court system and the justice system. But the, the so process. When you look at it, we've had four, four impeachments two uh, two of the same president, president Trump Clinton was impeached. Johnson was impeached. Not a single one of them removed. One Supreme Court justice impeached. One's not removed. Samuel Chase. But there have been um, several district federal judges not only impeached but removed. 
So, and, and most of them goes back to corruption, criminal charges, going all the way back to 1789 to the present. Um, and there, here's the deal. Once you're impeached and removed, if, if you're found guilty, you're removed from office, and you could face a vote, and some of these federal judges had faced the vote that the Senate votes on eliminating them uh, from ever running for a public office or being appointed to a public office again. Well, most of them are going to be indicted probably as private citizens um, and and uh, eliminated that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, so that's going to conclude uh, this first episode on Article 1 where we covered the first three sections uh the the powers of congress and establishment of congress the house representatives and the senate uh so join us next time as we talk about the well probably not the rest but the the next section of article one